it built this new muscle that I, I never had before because I was around somebody who would push me to that. And I, I just got, it was like a, it was like coal turning into a diamond. We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Smarter Destiny podcast, where this time I have my good friend Ben Weir on the show. Ben is lit up right now. His backdrop is amazing. It's like a fierce lion, and he's got a sword as well. So if you're just listening to the audio, you need to find the video and watch it. So Ben is 26. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's been selling or pitching for many, many years, and we're going to go into that in the interview. He's got... Um, a multiple seven-figure uh, business under his belt and another one which launched just two months ago and sold over 5,000 pieces of product um, putting it at a seven um, a seven-figure run rate right off the bat in month one which is an amazing launch what I love about Ben and Ben's method is that he finds influencers with huge huge reach and he partners them with brands and he runs that very 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 well and so his most recent one as well has got a load of personal growth and development so it's got a really really nice um, element to it where it actually helps the customers which is quite rare frankly and it's something that we need more of in this life and so there's so much more to talk about I'd rather get it out in the actual interview so without further ado Ben welcome how are you hey I'm phenomenal good to good to be here with you Martin yeah oh I'm excited whereabouts in the world are you right now Ben uh, I'm in Vancouver, BC, and I live I live right next to the forest, so I'm I'm kind of looking out at the Pacific Spirit Park uh, view here, and I'm just yeah hanging out. I, I live uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia. I love that. Do you ever see any um, awesome wildlife out of that window of the of the forest? The, and... the most awesome thing about this forest is that it's a bit isolated from the rest of the forest, so you get coyotes and raccoons and small one squirrels and things like that but there's no bears and there's no cougars so that's what i love about this forest there's none of the bad kind of cougar so we say yeah i mean you know there's some some friendly older women jogging around but <laughs> so yeah yeah that's another story in another podcast so um ben so typically how we start these things is um we we find a place in your in your history um which serves as a as a good starting point um for your entrepreneurial journey and um and it varies from guest to guest now um we had a little chat off air and we were looking at a a sort of logical starting point and, and we have a logical starting point but we also have an illogical starting point which i think is going to be really really good um for the listeners to here and so um you mentioned something about uh something a little bit entrepreneurial way back really really early on in your uh toddlerhood not even childhood toddlerhood could you tell us a little bit about that yeah so when i was small uh one of the earliest recordings of me pitching anybody is i, I would go up to people uh, this happened at least once but it's a famous story in my family where I'd go up to, to tables of, of adults and I'd, I'd try to get them to buy me candy if I'd sing my ABCs. And, and how old were you? So, I'm assuming 14, uh, 15? I, was, I must have been two or three. I, I spoke pretty early. And I, I was known for, you know, wandering into to board meetings and that kind of thing whenever I was in some kind of office building and trying to trying to make friends with everyone. I've just been, I was a very gregarious kid. And and the other thing is I was, I was put into child acting for a, a, sh a short enough time that uh, it didn't damage my personality. 
<laughs> which was good. But good. Uh, I, I had enough time pitching adults that I, I you know, it's almost like I was selling selling people on things from that age. Wow. So you've you've you um, learned to be comfortable pitching things uh, quite early on, uh, you might say. So uh, at what point at what point did this sort of become quite sort of uh, noteworthy and less, um, you know, a child being cute and more like, damn, this guy's an entrepreneur? Well, okay. I mean, the, the the first thing I would have done would have been shoveling snow for people in the neighborhood when I was probably like nine. And, and I had great parents that put me up to it. They said, hey, Ben, go out and try to go door to door and get people to pay you to shovel their snow. Right? <laughs> um, and then, you know, if you skip ahead to like the first kind of real organization I started trying to build, I would have been 18. Uh, Maytab Bogle's been on here. He, he was my business partner with two other friends. And we started pitching a snack vending boxes uh it was almost like a like a vending machine with no security so it's like a box full of snacks and you leave it in an office building and people would pay and you'd say hey we're we're kids don't steal from us <laughs> and they would uh you know take a bag of chips and put cash in if they were honest and uh i still got still got a jar of change back there that's that's got that's got the change from that oh wow yeah. so a bunch of coins that may well not be valid legal tender by this point <laughs> I don't know. I feel like coins from like eight years ago are valid. Oh yeah, yeah. they probably they probably are. I'm just, <laughs> I, I think I'm old enough that you know I've gone through a few coins which are no longer valid tender. Recently, actually, it's not even that re- recent, but in the UK, we changed our pound coins. Not sure why, but um, you know, oh, we right. I suddenly found a bunch of those in the house, and you're like, ah, and you can't use them, and now you go into shops with them and whatever, and they're like, nope. It's like you're paying with monopoly money. Basically, they look at you weird. You know, you're actually right, Martin, because Canada, I'm in Canada, they got rid of the penny and, and there's a bunch of pennies in there. So no, you're right. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, there's all, a bunch of that. All the stuff you could have bought with those pennies. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, I mean, it's sentimental value, right? It's like a trophy that I keep of like my first, my first, uh, my first real business. You know, I, I mean, I, I know I did the snow shoveling and things like that, but, but this to me feels like my first, it was a brand, you know, it was called Honest yeah. Yum Yums. And, you know, we had a logo, we had a Facebook page, you know customers uh not that many customers but 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 some customers absolutely and do you have any of the um the the candy that you um successfully won with your abc singing Nah. oh (laughs) yeah no i probably ate it I probably ate it. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't thinking yeah. ahead as a three-year-old. Fair enough. Okay, so so you launched Honest Yum Yums, and then um, what did that sort of transition to, or why or why did that end? Is there a lesson there? Yeah. Well, it was a sad lesson. I, I had a really good friend, um, the one that actually got me into entrepreneurship. One day, he uh, took me aside and he showed me um, when I was seventeen. He showed me a Tony Robbins video. Okay. And this was really one of the things that got me really serious and going was he showed me this Tony Robbins video and it said, uh, it was all about, you know, small changes equal huge results. And if you have, if, you know, you leave port, right, at a certain angle uh, from Vancouver and you're going toward, or from LA too, you know, you could be going from LA and you're going toward Asia. Like if you go just a few degrees this way, to a few degrees to the right, you end up in, you know, Siberia and a few degrees to the left, you know, you could end up, uh, you know, hit, hitting the Southeast Asia and maybe in some island in, in, in Indonesia, right? It's a huge difference. This tiny turn leads to a crazy difference in where you end up. Hmm. So I, you know, I made some goals then I was like, I want to be worth $250 million. And I like wrote it down and, you know, I wanted to do all this crazy stuff that, I mean, it's not crazy, but um, I wanted to, to build all these things. I made very ambitious goals at about 17. And uh, yeah, I just like did a lot of affirmations and just started programming my mind then. Nice. And and so your friend got you into that. 
he did. He was a wonderful inspiration to me and the one that, that got me into it. Um, and he came down with schizophrenia uh, when, when, right when we were in the middle of that venture. And um, I mean, if you know, if you know schizophrenics and it's, it's very sad because they're, they're not themselves anymore. Um, mm. And that was, that was really pretty much what did that venture in uh, was the partner conflicts related to that. Later, I actually bought it back from him. Um, and that was cool. And I tried it again when I was in school and it's in university and it, uh, you know, I tried to hire people to run it while I was in university and it didn't work out, but I, yeah, I bought that business for $300 and it was my first, uh, first acquisition. Nice. So you're, you're an investor as well. Um, so, <laughs> so, so what happened, what happened, um, next? Like what, what, what was your next uh, sort of big, uh, venture? Yeah. So my next, um, next thing I took on. So in, in between there, in between before buying, buying it back, I tried social media marketing, which uh, I was like, man, I think the social media marketing thing is going to be a big thing. So I took a course <laughs> on it and, uh, you know, I, I started trying to get jobs for social media marketing thing was again, you know, I was, I just hadn't quite wrapped my head around like real grit and just like tenacity yet toward, um, excuse me, uncertainty. Like I hadn't quite wrapped my head around it. So I'd kind of take steps, but if you, if you want to really get a business off the ground, you have to get after it in a, in a different way than I was when I was 19 or 18 and a half or whatever at the time. Um, so from there, uh, what else did I do? So I tried social media marketing and then linked back up with, then I tried doing YouTube hair tutorials on my own. Uh, and then or actually with a, with a friend of mine, he kind of put me up to it. Um, and then I did, uh, the, the real turning point for me though, is I got a job at a, an SEO agency. And, um, and again, so far before this, I'm just kind of half-assing everything. You know, I'm, I'm doing some work, but I'm in school and I'm just sort of like kind of dabbling and I'm learning a lot, but I'm dabbling. Yeah. And I got this job at this SEO agency where I had to drive like an hour each way. Uh, and I, I, I live in Vancouver, which is beautiful. And I drive out to the suburbs, which are less, less beautiful. Yeah, in industrial areas, you know, I drive out of this industrial area because um, there's some beautiful suburbs, but but also the industrial areas are not. Um, and and yeah, so I, I went out there and I, I drive there an hour each way every morning. And, and I just was like, man, I, and I had to oh, I had to spin articles, which is like basically there's software that does this, but I would have to rewrite articles for SEO clients. So I was doing what software could have done, but I was doing it manually. <laughs> and and I was just doing it just was this repetitive work that I just am not cut out for. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I love to do all kinds of things. I love to learn new things. I love to push for difficult goals. And it's just the worst seat for me to be in. And, and God bless my employer at that time. She was thinking she was doing what I was asking for. Cause I said, I wanted to learn internet marketing, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't quite right for my temperament. And I realized I was like, man, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. And Maytab called me. Uh, he was like, Hey man, do you want to make an internet marketing firm? And if we do it, we've got to work from 5 p.m. after your work till uh, 2 a.m. Or if you're not working, we're going to work all day. And we're going to work 100 hours a week. Are you in? And I said, yeah, I'm in. So and he'd, been, he'd been successful for about a year at that point. He already had a guitar flipping company. So uh, him and I worked unbelievably hard. Like we just, it was every, it was at least 12 hours a day often hundred hour weeks. And it just, it built this new muscle that I, I never had before uh, because I was around somebody who would push me to that. And I, I just got, it was like a, it was like coal turning into a diamond or I don't want to say I'm a diamond, but it's like, um, it was a hardening process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say you're a diamond. 
a pretty diamond. Okay, so so you uh, so so uh, Metab helped um, install a a hard work in hustle work ethic. He would hate me to compare him to to Gary V, but you know Gary V G, and um, you started working really really hard and uh, on this social media business. And so what what did this do? What was the, what was the business? I like purpose? Gary by the way. I think I think he's a nice guy. But um, the uh, he's doing good things. But what 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 propelled me into the social media business? So we wanted we were told uh, by Metab's dad that we could make $40,000 a month doing marketing for public companies. Uh, so we were like, all right, and per, per, per client. So we're like, all right, let's do this. But first we're gonna get our methodology down and we're gonna pitch local businesses. So him and I were just drilling cold calls super hard. And I've had a bunch of sales jobs before this. Um, and we're cold calling all these local businesses. And we got like six soft commitments in like a couple of weeks. Like, it, like people were, like we needed to go sign the contracts or people that wanted to do it. Like we were getting serious traction right away. Um, but they were all going to be for like 500 bucks a month, 800 bucks a month. And we we're like, fuck this. We want to make 40 grand a month. So we, so we fired all of them, right. As we like basically had a successful agency um, and, uh, and then went for these public companies and our strategy just totally flopped and we couldn't figure it out. But we, we relentlessly called over and over and over. Like I got the, like the COO of Costco on the line. I'm like trying to pitch him like our like marketing strategies and stuff. Uh, and, you know, I just didn't, it just, we just couldn't get them to sign up. Um, mostly, I think we were put, we were pushing investor relations and reputation management. And truthfully, maybe if we push marketing, they would have signed up, but we like we're trying to do investor relations. And part of me is glad it didn't work out because I don't want to do investor relations at all. Uh, and yeah, in fact, you know, I had a, I had a mushroom trip during that time. And during that mushroom trip, I looked in the mirror and I saw the devil. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so, like maybe even like part of me just didn't want to do that at all. But uh, it was an interesting, interesting learning experience going after money like that. So you felt that was maybe a bit of a sign to 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 change paths to 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 move on to the the next thing. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of signs. Like the the lack of customers was a big sign. You know, the mushroom <laughs> trip was a big sign. Like, you know. Maytab being like, I make a lot of money with my other business. Like, I'm going to do that instead. Like, that's know? a sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a sign. So, uh, a lot of signs. Uh, so, um, the, uh, so, the next thing I tried was I, I went back to the hair tutorials, right? But this time I was doing it by myself. Um, and uh, I was shooting these videos. I'm trying to figure this out. And I was like, I'm going to make hair products and sell it to a niche audience. And I'm going to be a hairstyling influencer. Uh, but while doing this, I sent a cold email to this guy who I looked at his analytics on social blade. You can do this with any influencer right now. You can go on socialblade.com and uh, type in there and, and basically, I mean, even it's better just to like search their name and Google social blade. It's the easiest way to do it. So social blade and bloom on or social blade, Gary V or whatever, excuse me. And you can see how many subscribers a day they're getting on their YouTube channel or followers on their Instagram and that kind of thing. You can see their growth rates. So I'd found Joe Andrews's growth rate and it was like, he was getting like 900 or 700 people a month subscribing to him. And he was a smaller channel, but I could see he was exploding. I was like, oh, cool. So I sent him an email and I said, hey, man, I'm going to make a hairstyling product company. Uh, would you be interested in being my partner? If no, no sweat. Uh, and he said he was interested. And from there, I started spending my entire life. And I was in, in university at this time, but I really would try to pay the least attention to school and just like try so hard to like, figure out the sales process and explain to Joe how I could make him a successful business 
you know, by researching and answering all the questions in advance that he could possibly ask uh, about manufacturing, et cetera, and learning about it. So I could tell him, um, explain to him how I could build him a hair product company, despite the fact I'd never built one. So, yeah. Fake it till you uh, make it. And so, a little bit. Yeah. And, I, and I would learn it too. But you're right. I, I, I think, I, yeah. And so and so and that's absolutely genius. So so um, obviously you're passionate about hair. You've got a great head of hair. I'm very jealous of your head of hair. And um, you you're like right. I'm going to build a, a product. But actually, it'd be really cool if I've if I've got someone who's who's got a growing influence. He's he's not already at that point where they're like no fuck off. I'm too big for you. There he's growing. And and you you found him at that point. Um, you know you've you've got talking and you've decided right i'm gonna i'm gonna build this business and th- and that was th- this was the beginning of blue man right yeah the beginning of blue man and blue man spelled b l u m a a n not the other one that's in vegas right and <clears throat> it. um it's it, it <laughs> nailed it now this is an amazing brand and actually i was i was um lucky enough to be a part of this brand for a little while um like um working with you guys and and i could see see the tremendous growth i could see just how powerful having um that that amount of traction i think joe had um grown to around about five hundred thousand subscribers or something around about that at the the time i started working with you so he'd already grown i mean what what's he up nowadays by the way uh like one and a half million or so half million there we go amazing yeah amazing he is showbiz and and so um how did that start? What were the early days um, with the, with this Blue Man brand and, and and the kind of things you were overcoming at that stage? Yeah, yeah. So so the beginning was. So I'll talk about that. Some of the tactics that we use were quite um, different and interesting. So I'll talk about some of those because I think maybe some of the audience will like some of this tactical stuff. So the tactics that we use. So first of all, you know, I got this product brand going, and I thought, okay, need to figure out how to manufacture this. So I got five different manufacturers at once. Uh, started on the process because what's cool is if you work with a contract manufacturer a lot of them will do free r&d or very cheap r&d so i started working with all five uh and said hey you know i'm gonna build this brand i have this influencer i leveraged the brand of the influencer and said we're gonna launch this it's gonna crush it uh selling these manufacturers hard and then going okay and um you know basically what it really is is getting them motivated to believe in the vision right um and from there, uh, what we did, yeah, so we had them all all compete and, you know, some of them were terrible right, right out the gate. And eventually we found one that was really good, um, out of it. And, uh, we love that manufacturer, but essentially we had all five compete. And part of what we did though, is, is because we had this rigorous process, we actually story told around it. And we started to run pre-launch content months and months and months out before we ran a pre-order. So Joe would talk about, he said, Hey, everybody, what we're going to do is we're going to make a hair product together to his audience and he said what do all of you want to have in the product and then by enlisting them to be part of this one you know you you can you can bring them into being a part of the brand and when you're part of something you're more committed to it right um and also uh you make the product that the that the customers really want because you have so much customer data that you know you've you know we asked and we got thousands of responses of what people wanted in their hair products which was great because we could make better products because we knew people wanted um, so that was great. And so, you know, we figured out what everybody wanted. We had all the manufacturers compete to make that, uh, we had everyone coming along with us on this journey, being a part of creating the brand with us. And we built a community on Facebook. What we did was we made a, a Facebook community and had everyone go to it. We can use any community software, I suppose. I still think Facebook's the best one. Maybe you might have success with Slack. Uh, I haven't yet, but maybe someone will. Um, and I've done it with Facebook. And what I did was we sent all the traffic into the group 
And then what you do is you, uh, you make a second group and you get a small, I'm just getting a bit tactical here because I'm yeah, do wanting it. people to, be able to replicate do it. it. Do it. Uh, make a second group and then it's a smaller group. And then you have, you take a few people from the main group. Once you've sent all the traffic, you engage with everyone, you make sure a conversation's going, you stay in there and keep the conversation going. And then from there, what you do is you uh, find the standout individuals that love contributing most that are also a great example of your brand. And then you make them moderators. So you kind of like give them power and status and you give them the little moderator check mark in the group. And then they will do it for free, basically, because they like the status and they like the community. Um, and you put them in a smaller group where they all can speak to each other. And then they're in this own group. And then the moderators have a community. And now you have, and you set up a bunch of rules and you set the rules and you pin the rules. And now you have a self-running group uh, that runs itself for free. And the only maintenance you have to do is send traffic to that group every once in a while. And then also what you need to do is uh, promote new moderators when you see people that would be great moderators and remove moderators that are not doing a good job of uh, being part of the community. So that's how you make a group. Absolutely genius. And and I, I think I think it's worth um, anybody that's listening to this right now, typically when you've got like a, a piece of software that you're listening to this, this podcast, there's a little button which has like a rewind sign and a 30 on it. I would hit that like twice now to go back a minute. Just re-listen to what Ben just said, because creating a self-running community that is wrapped around your brand, where everybody on a daily basis is is, is finding the sense of community and they're chatting about um, the, whatever it is, the space that your brand is in, and you've got moderators running it for you because they're just passionate for about free. that. Is, is at, for free is absolutely nuts. And I saw this group again. I saw this group grow massively. Joe was jumping in there from time to time, stirring things up. And it's it's just an amazing place where people are offering suggestions about how to improve the product or the next product. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're just keeping it it, it, it moving. And, and I think you grew this to, it was past, I think, 100. Was it about 100,000 or more? Uh, it's more like 45,000. 45,000. Okay. Yeah. I've gone and anchored it too high. Now 45,000 sounds small. But 45,000 people for free who are actually engaged, right? Engaged people. I think that's the... There's a lot. There's there there's over ten thousand people in there that were engaged. And if you look in, there's a new comment every minute. Uh, for for a lot of the group's history, at least, there, there's a new comment every minute where people are constantly talking. And and it's great because it's something I'm really proud of with that business is that you know you can help someone with um, their hairstyle. But it's amazing because you you actually we we created a community where people could make friends and you could see like like really deep friendships coming out of this all the time. And and there's tons and tons and tons of people that were getting their social life out of this and having these little mini, mini conversations all the time. And, and it's nice when you can, you know, create a community and create human connection because that's actually more important than how your hair looks. Absolutely. Although it's nice to have hair and it's nice once, once you have hair to make it look nice. And um, I, I remember when I first heard about this niche, I was like, what? There's communities of people that just want to learn how to do hair. Um, and uh, it was it was our mutual friend Sadie was telling me about it. And, I was, you know, I guess I just hadn't got it because I've never had like long, thick hair. And I think that's probably what it is. But, um, yeah, it just seeing the engagement, seeing the conversation, seeing, you know, because there's guys in there like asking other guys, like, hey, does this look good? Look good. Like, I've got a date tonight. I've styled it like this. Do, do you think that works? You know, I'm trying to be flamboyant and a little bit, you know, I'm peacocking a little bit. What you, you know, rate my hair to, I mean it, it was just it was quite phenomenal and so obviously Blue Man took off well and, and, and I saw that you you launched then future future products um like later on so 
did your process change like where did where did the majority of your traffic and sales come from um with that brand yeah so that brand really it was rinse and repeating like i find this is my opinion on scaling a company is a lot of the time you want to find the buttons that work and press those buttons until they don't work anymore and that's <laughs> often because when you when you spread you know you try a million different things and it's good to try new things because you're trying your future there's also what's proven to work and that's a really good thing often for scaling you find something that works and you you you, you do it until it doesn't work anymore um, if you want to scale. So, so we, we made more great products that people loved. That was, that was what we did. And I love doing business that way too. Um, so we made great products that people love, uh, over and over. And, and, and we also just built the funnel up. So we got better email marketing. Uh, we got, you know, we had the community, we had retargeting and that kind of thing. Um, but the, the, the top of funnel was influencer marketing. Another thing too, is if you work with an influencer like Joe, uh, you know, there's all the friends, right. And the friends will all help promote as well. So you get this kind of trickle down phenomenon where the big influencer promotes it and the friends promote it. And then the smaller, influ smaller influencers idolize the bigger influencers so they want to promote it. And if you pay uh, the standard way to get in and play uh, rather than playing the way I have is if you go in and just like email them, Hey, can you do a post on your, can you do a post? It's gonna be like 5,000 us 10,000. It's gonna be crazy numbers. Right. But if you do it through relationships, um, you know, Influencers have extra ad inventory. They, they're happy to, to talk about your things often. Depends on the individual. But if you can be in a community, that's uh, it's great. That's amazing. And so um, typically when you partner with someone like um, you know, an, an influencer, is this a sort of 50-50 arrangement? Or typically are you, are you the lion's share um, owner of the company still, but you've got an influencer partner? Depends on the company. So, so Joe and I were 50-50 when we started. Um, since I've sold some of my interest, I'm still uh, one of the three major partners in Bluma. But when we started, it was just us two, and then and then our, our COO bought in. So now I'm one of the three, and he bought my shares. Um, and uh, not all my shares, but he bought a good chunk of my shares. And um, now he runs the company. Uh, sorry, Martin, what was the question again? It was a uh, oh, lion's share. Yeah. So so John and I are fifty fifty. Reorganized it there, and uh, for. For the new business with uh, Alex Costa, uh, there's three partners. So we found a fair way to split it uh, three ways. Um, Alex has uh, roughly half of the business with uh, Brian and I having having the rest. And so and so, um, are we able to talk about this uh, new business as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what is this new business? And, th and this was the one that is already achieving that seven figure run rate after launching and selling 5000 units in month one or month two. Is that right? Yeah, in month, in month one, yeah, right away. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a brand new business called Forte Series. And it is, uh, it's really a men's grooming and confidence company. And, and our kind of mission with it is to inspire young guys uh, to unlock their personal growth and confidence earlier um, and also reach their full potential in the way that they look. So what we're doing with Forte Series is, you know, everyone comes in with Alex and Alex is one of the top men's grooming influencers now, Alex Costa. Um, and he's, uh, my partner for that along with Brian Yang. And what goes on is we bring in all this traffic, uh, for Alex, and then we're building out all kinds of grooming products. We've started with, uh, hair, uh, but Forte series is going to make, make everything, you know, Forte series is going to make everything to help you reach your potential. And if you join our email list, it's all personal growth. So, so as, as all these young guys move move through the funnel, they start to realize that, you know, kind of later in the brand, once we've kind of sated what they came for, we start telling them things like, you're the average of the five closest people to you, or these how you hit goals, and these are nutritional tips, and kind of move them 
move them along because for me, it meant so much that I started uh, understanding goals and things like that when I was 17. And I'm trying to do that for as many people as possible now. I think that's such a um, a powerful mission. I mean, it's it's what we're doing with you know Smarter Destiny as well, right? Like, there's so much, um, there's, there's so much to life that uh, that the people are often missing, and 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 you know, learning more efficient ways to do things, better way, uh, better ways to do things, ways that you know provide net benefit to the world, and and so on. It's just, I mean, you know, millennial, whatever. But it's it's the right yeah. way, right? And um. Uh, so I love that you're doing that and you're sort of you're blending that in there with um, w- with the brand. And so um, and so, d- did you sell Nubru or was it a clo- uh, Nubru? Um, Blue Man, did you sell Blue Man? <laughs> Whoops, just dropped my brand in there. Whoops. Um, did you sell Blue Man um, or or something similar to Blue Man, like as the as the hair grooming um, product initially? For Forte? Yeah. No, no. So Forte's got its own hair product. So so by the way, so what happened was so I said, hey, Joe and Colin. Um, would you guys be interested in helping me start a brand with Alex? Cause Alex is a, a real powerhouse of an influencer. He's even, even bigger than Joe. Um, and he, he had asked me, Hey Ben, will you build me some things? And I said, well, well, Joe and Colin, my other business partners at Bloomon, would you guys like to, to work with me with Alex? Um, so they, you know, Joe and Colin got like a, gave me the investment that they, that they thought was fair that they wanted in the new company. Um, cause it's, it's, it, it overlaps in, in many ways. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. And, uh, so, so Joe and Colin have kind of minor roles that are less, uh, yeah, they, they, they got what they asked. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, so Forte's got its own hair products. So it's its own hair product brand. Amazing. And so talk us through it. I mean, was it that I, I know you said like, you know, find that button that works and just keep pushing it until it stops working. But like, yeah. what, um, was there anything it, launching and selling 5,000 units? in month one is really, yeah. really good. That's a great launch, right? What yeah, did you do to, um, with this brand to, to achieve that? Well, it's honestly pretty similar, right? To the, to the Blue Mon model. Like I, I've already worked out an influencer launch model. And at this point, it's actually using existing systems that I understand using the same traffic sources, but they're different. They're different. The same type of traffic source and the same type of funnel, right? So the Blue Mon funnel again is influencer marketing comes in, you build, a launch funnel, you can run it on pre-orders or you can run it on, um, you could also just launch it. With Forte, we just launched, we, we, we paid in advance. We had a bit more, we had, we had the money to buy it in advance this time. Um, but you don't need to. Uh, if you have a reliable manufacturer, that's the trade-off. If you don't trust your manufacturer, you shouldn't run pre-orders. Otherwise, you, then you get Fire Festival. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, or not even trust, but it's like if you haven't used the manufacturer before, you know, like, mm. You've got to be careful and, and not let everyone down like that would be a spectacular failure to use influencer marketing like this and then you know don't deliver properly um okay so uh yeah yeah so anyway i, I pretty much it's a system it's a system that i poured over nice guys it's ben's system go to benweir.com to find the system. i don't know do you do you own benweir.com and i should i got yeah, I, I don't, is there another no, bedwear who's just showing off something shit on their website? I like, think there is, man. I think it's like just HTML code. Oh, <laughs> but you gotta hate that. Like, they got your domain and it's just a landing page or something. Like, or you can buy this domain. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have to go look into it. Honestly, maybe, maybe I can buy it now. 
or yeah, someone on the podcast is going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, this podcast isn't launching right away, so you've got like maybe a few weeks until it actually goes live. But yeah, if you if you do wait and then just one of the listeners just buys your domain name, I mean, yeah. fair warning. <laughs> sure, I might do it and gift right. it to you at margin. Anyway, so so um so uh, Forte is the is the brand that um that that you're launching at the moment, and but but going back to Blue Man for a second, um, something that we spoke about um off air as it were was that it's now automated. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So there's this new there's this. It's not new. I mean, it's something I've been doing. So here, this is actually comes into the story of what happened to me in the last year and a half. So I got uh, very ill um, right after I sold a big chunk of Blue Moon. Uh, made a good amount of money and, and didn't uh, wasn't in a do or die scenario anymore. I was I was in a pretty set scenario. So I and and my health just immediately just went to sh- just went disappeared and it was very strange. Uh, you know, one moment I've been working 80 hour weeks for five years and the next moment I can barely get out of bed. Um, super ill. So it was interesting because I was put in a scenario where I, you know, I had Forte series was, was in product dev and Bloomon was, but Forte series had a huge list, right? Like it was ready to crush it. Like I knew it was going to crush it. And, uh, and Bloomon, you know, was, was running and I was a CEO and yeah, my health was just completely fell out from under me. I couldn't do anything. I just had like, it seemed like many systems in my body at once failed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure what to do. So I, what I, well, what I did really was I figured out, I was like, man, you know, I think Tim Ferriss, you know, I'm talking about Tim Ferriss earlier, asked that question. Like, what would you do if there was a gun to your head? And you can only work one hour a day. Well, I was in that scenario, right? Wow. You can only work an hour a day. Real life How can I, games. Yeah. yeah, man only work an hour a day how could i how could i still win you know well you know what i had to figure out was when i i had my my business partner colin chick who just bought into the company um he uh he took over as ceo so there you go you have you know i had this this very competent detail oriented um integrator if you look check out like uh traction by gino wickham it's a good book and it, it talks about and also rocket fuel is goes into it more uh, by the same author um uh the relationship between a visionary and an integrator and i'm very much a visionary which means i have certain strengths but also certain weaknesses um and an integrator is like a very detail-oriented person that's awesome at running things and optimizing things well a visionary is kind of more like sales creative and hard charging and and um like aggressive so uh, with goals. Um, so, uh, Colin's a great integrator and, and, you know, for a mature company, you actually want that detail oriented person running things. I, I believe that's a better way to run companies. So Colin took it over and he's been doing great running the company. It's been going very well with him in charge of the company. Uh, and I, you know, he just, he just took the ball and he's running with it and it's phenomenal. Right. And now I'm better. And it's like, oh, and I don't even need to go back cause it runs itself. So I, I realized how great this was. And uh, my business partner, Brian Yang, um, is essentially running Forte Series. So we set Forte Series up from the beginning uh, where I know I had an inkling I wanted to do this anyway, because I knew I didn't have time to run Bloom on Forte Series. So Brian Yang, uh, you know Brian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, friend of mine. Uh, talented guy. And he, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's running Forte Series. And I'm, I, still have, I still do a decent amount of Forte Series. Forte Series is still in its early, early stage. So we're we're putting the pieces together to make it really, really succeed. And I think we could like triple in growth rate this year. I think we can do really well. Um, 
but at the end of the day, uh, Brian, Brian is running that company, you know, and I, and so, so, so the real question to ask yourself, so that's what I've done. And the, and the way I think about it is who could do this, not how, and that's a Dan Sullivan thing. Um, the business coach also great. And, uh, yeah, who could solve this problem for me? Not how, and if you Google who, not how Dan Sullivan, Peter Diamandis, they've got a podcast that'll explain it in more depth better than I can, but it's something I do. Um, who, yeah, who can solve this? So, so, and again, I personally love to look at temperament and personality types and find what kind of person and skill set uh, would be really good at this. And I find you want someone who's like really detail oriented, often introverts sometimes. Um, but yeah, these, these, these detail oriented people, um, for example, if you like Myers-Briggs, like you want someone with a, a T, uh, a T and a J, for An example. INTJ. Yeah, INTJ, ESTJ, you know, those will be really good. Brian's an INTJ. Um, I'm an ENTJ. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and those are those are some good ones. If you look at DISC, you want like a like a like a DC or a CD. Um, yeah, it's Colby. It's like someone with high follow through. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of these uh, a lot of these kind of systems that you can learn to like identify skill sets in people, and then how you can work with that person to, uh, you know. How can you how can you enlist them to help you reach your vision? Nice. And so you've already kind of got that at the back of your mind for Forte series. Like uh, when that time comes, you've you you know you've got that that person. Well, I mean, actually, have you already got a CEO in place for that for that? Yeah. Well, Brian is the CEO, right? Brian's so I'm CEO. I'm on the board. I'm on the board, but I'm also like, and and it and it would run itself. Honestly, if I did nothing, it would do great. But I do things that I believe will really move the needle for us, you know? Um, so I'm totally out of the business and free just to work on it, you know? And that's, that's a good position to be in for four day series. Absolutely. Man, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing, um, that, that approach. And I, I mean, I'm a big advocate of, um, of the Myers-Briggs, uh, test. I have been for a long time and actually Cameron Harold, who was on, um, on this podcast, a fellow Vancouverian, by the way, um, he, he's a, 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 a a strong believer in in the um the visionary uh, integrator um sort of role obviously he runs the coo alliance um and oh, that... i just met cameron this weekend he's such a nice guy I'm to be a he's not yeah. indeed and um so he you know he's a big proponent of that which is actually what led me to find my coo uh for Nubru, um a, a lovely lady named jude from australia and she i believe is an intj as well but she is definitely an integrator like she scored like 98 out of 100 and the two she lost was only because she misunderstood the question or the question was a little bit ambiguous or something and when she when she filled it in again correcting that it was like 100 out of 100 in, integrator and, and like you said it's the yin to your yang in in terms of um, you know, the, the, the visionary, you know, the, the ideas guy, the, 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 you know, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. We'll make this rep, you know, this reputation, create this contact or whatever. You need someone that's dotting the I's, crossing the T's, you know, and, and using logic, not like emotion. And yeah, I feel oh, you completely. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, man. All right. So at this point in the, in, in the podcast, typically what we do, um, well, here, there's a, there's a little oh, more to the story. Oh, actually, tell me. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, please. Be my guest. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's, here's where I'm at now, right? So I'm at this interesting spot where I've got, or I've, I've healed up now. Uh, but the thing was, it's really, I was in this really, 
you know, a really rough spot. And I, I, I was doing all kinds of treatments and stuff. You know, I probably saw 10 or 15 different experts and they're like, Hey, try this concussive, post-concussive therapy. You've done a lot of mixed martial arts. Maybe that messed with your head or, Hey, try, uh, try, try this, try that, you know, make this dietary change, try these supplements, the supplements, some of the supplements might've worked in, to some degree, to be honest. Um, I think that was part of my recovery, but the main thing, and, and you really could call this burnout. I had like really bad, like clinical burnout, some people will call it like adrenal fatigue, um, which is a fairly inaccurate diagnosis, but it um, describes the phenomenon that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, you know, some people think it's a neurological condition, um, but re- regardless, it's burnout, right? I burned out super hard, but I, I figured out that I actually, I hired these two coaches um, to work with me. It's like a thousand dollars a month each. Uh, and, you know, that's, is a big investment, you know, for, for me, like to, to, to retain two coaches, something I'd never done, but I just needed to get healthy. And I was like, so committed to it, you know, just, just figure out how to get better. And it turned out that this health issue was probably, it seems to me was an issue of internal satisfaction with my own work. Cause I was working so hard at something that ultimately was no longer my like biggest contribution I could be making in life. Um, you know, I, I was, I was trying to push revenue when really I knew, and I even got a tattoo of like an exponential growth formula on my, right. Like they like, made a promise that I would try to solve important problems in the world, uh, to myself like five years ago. And I, I still wasn't doing it. And I was killing myself working at something that I, I, it was a beautiful company. Blue Mon's a beautiful company. I'm so glad it's running and it wasn't where I should be anymore. Um, running it full time. Um, and, uh, I think my body was protesting. If you ever read Gabor Mate, when the body says no, it's an awesome book. Um, it explains how your body will, will shut you off. Um, <laughs> you're to certain behaviors. So I figured out, like I, I I've recently figured out that I, I really have certain problems I want to go after in the world. And I'm, I'm very inspired to do it. Uh, and one thing I want to do is I'm, I'm, I'm now going to be launching more of these influencer companies, but I want, want to be finding positive impacts that I can be making. So I'm, I'm very proud of what Forte series is doing. And I want to, to do more companies that, uh, make a, that, that do something that I really believe in, you know, and I want to, I want to make a system to make more of those like a fund. Um, and I also, uh, I really want to make a coaching company that, uh, coaches, coaches influencers and works with them to figure out, cause th- this last year I have become a so much, uh, more compassionate, happy, less anxious person by understanding things like childhood trauma and the way that you became the way that you are. And it's been such a colossal change in, in, in the way I see the world and how I am. I've just got a lot nicer. Uh, and um, I really am passionate about spreading that. So that's something I'm going to do next too. And it's interesting how I got so sick because I, because I was, I was doing stuff I didn't believe in. If there's any entrepreneurs listening and you're starting to get weird symptoms like digestive issues or that kind of thing, it might be stress related. It might be because you're doing something that you hate. That's that's absolutely phenomenal. Actually, I I did actually just genuinely get tingles. Then I'd, I'd normally insert a little joke here to lighten the mood, but genu- genuinely like tingles that that your body actually just said, "Do you know what, Ben? Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, Mm-mm. reset. Um, figure out figure out what you really want to do, and then I'll let you do it." Kind of thing. Like that's um and. 
And so if, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, maybe maybe an influencer's listening or maybe someone knows an influencer or they've got a um, project with a, a firm um, give back net benefit um, component to it that they think might be of interest to you, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, so let's do this. I, I'll give you, I've got an email that you can send this to. I'll send it to, to my Gmail one. So my, my weir, W-E-I-R, like my last name, and then conscious, like awake, we're conscious at gmail.com and uh, shoot me an email. And the, and the people that I'd be great to connect with is, yeah, people in the media industry right now uh, that I can work with um, to help unlock people that want to be, help unlock influencers that would like to be more purpose-driven and help them figure that out. Um, I, my goal is I want to I have a, a network of influencers that we're work, working with that reach 100 billion people a year. So that means some people more than once, um, of course. So I think that would be good though. I think we can make some good impacts. Um, and also wants to be a part of impact companies I'm going to make. So yeah, we're conscious at gmail.com. And I mean, this great thing is I've really got this influencer model pretty down, you know, and I, and I need really good, smart, committed people to work with. So if you have a track record of success, uh, send me an email at we're conscious at gmail.com. Or if you are just like unbelievably hungry and ready to go to war for something you believe in. Nice. Also email you. Subject yeah, yeah, also hunger. Mean. Subject like hunger. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're conscious of gmail.com. Nice. Well, okay, so at this point, and I know I was a little bit premature before, apologies. Um, it literally never happens. Um, but <laughs> at this point in the in the podcast. <laughs> at this point in the podcast, we tend to change change it up a little bit and we go into the rapid fire question round where I ask the questions quickly, you can take as long as you want to to answer them. Are you up for that? Uh, I've got, yeah, hold my phone with one. Yeah, hold so your like, phone. I'm going to, there we go. You go. There you go. All right. <laughs> Question number one. <laughs> devil hordes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm devil hordes ready for this. Okay. All Question right. number one. Are there any unusual things you eat or drink regularly and why? Uh, unusual. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in yerba mate. Like not that unusual, but I drink yerba mate every day. I feel it gives me a, like a more steady energy hit than coffee. So I really like it. Um, I've been into good to go bars too. They're great. They're like, they're a keto bar and they're delicious. So good to go bars. I really like that. Um, every day I eat the same breakfast. I eat uh, two grass fed, not grass fed, two free range eggs with grass fed butter on spelt bread. And often I'll have like a strip of bacon uh, with it. And then I'll take my supplements with it. And I feel that for me works really good. But also I think that diet is a function of who you are and you need to test everything you eat something and then you see how your body feels after and think you, that's the best way to start out what you need to eat and that's what works for me so i wouldn't prescribe my diet to anyone else i would prescribe my method of eat something and then hopefully have a meditative practice where you can tell what your body's doing and if you don't have a practice just try to listen love that and the and the yerba mate do you have that out of the sort of traditional um shell i forget what the the fruit the dried fruit that they serve it from I, that would be cool maybe i'll maybe i'll start that i got one and it, i i was so excited i got one of those and i think i got it online or whatever and and it was just so underwhelming when it arrived and it, it was like really rough on the inside so it didn't it just didn't work so well so i don't rush to do that um or maybe i just got the wrong one but do you at least have the straw the sort of do you have the like filter straws you know what i do is i i, I take it put it in a tea bag put it in a mug steep it for five minutes and then i throw some ice in it so i can drink it quickly because it's basically drugs for me <laughs> <laughs> get the drugs yeah nice. how do you get yourself into a state of flow 
Mm, so I think a really good key. So one, I mean, you got to make sure that you've got the prerequisites. Like, how again, it's checking into your body. It's kind of that meditative stuff. Check in, like, what, like, first of all, like, what do I need right now? Like, in this moment, what do I need? Like, get get your goals out of the way. Get your thoughts out of the way. What do you, like, listen, like, what do you physically need? And then, you know, you might be hungry. You might be thirsty. You might need to do a better job of sleeping better at night because you, you need all the sleep that you can get. Um, it's not about the hours you're awake. It's about what you do with them. Um, so I'm not the first person to say that at all. But that's what I believe. Um, and, uh, the, uh, yeah. So first of all, you know, get the prerequisites. How's your body doing is in a good place. And then two, it's like, okay, like what, what do I really feel called to do? And like, if you can get into that thing that you're deeply wanting to get after, um, you know, you get in front of your computer, shout out all the distractions and you're on a mission. So that's, that's how I do it. You know? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm working on business stuff, which I think is kind of my vocation anyway, you know, like that's what I'm, I'm, I'm here to do is, is build things and make things happen. So, and you know, maybe someone else is a painter or something else and, 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 and that'll be the thing for them. They'll get them in a flow state. Yes. What yes. habit or opinion do you have that people tend to disagree with? What habit or opinion do I have that people tend to disagree with? That's an interesting one, right? Cause it depends who you're talking to. Like, um, so hang out with such open-minded people, right? Like, um, oh, here's one. I think, uh, death is a blessing. Um, and the reason being is that if you were, or at least the perception that you're going to die is a blessing because you think of a game of poker, right? With, uh, and you're not going to play with any chips. You're not going to play with any money. You know, there's no money. There's nothing, there's nothing on the board. You know, there's nothing to lose. Right. So the fact that you're going to die, there's this beautiful underscoring of, um, of risk because it's like, okay, like I have everything to lose and there's so much urgency, you know? Um, and it's such a reason to live fully. So I think that's something that many people, I don't know, maybe they have a different belief at least. That's, that's really wise. I need to eat more food so that my body is bigger so that I can get that tattooed on my body and the canvas is big enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't come up with that either. Just so you know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I wouldn't um, know. Uh, That was really wise. Again, second time you give me tingles. I'm actually really enjoying this interview. Just so you know. If you ran a school but could only teach one non-traditional lesson, what would that be? Uh, Self-awareness. Yeah. Because again, like I'm built to be an entrepreneur. That's what I'm here for, right? However, um, everyone's got their own unique gift to give and that's for them. Some people are mothers, some people are politicians, some people are soldiers, some people are going to reorganize the public sewer system, you know, and we need it all. And so what would lesson lesson one on the syllabus um, perhaps be for self-awareness? Uh, I'd get you to learn your Enneagram type. I think Enneagram is such a good personality test. Um, What's Enneagram type? Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like Myers-Briggs, but it gets into like the way that your uh, your mind works um, at its best and at its worst. So it's N-E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. And uh, I'm a I'm a eight, three, seven uh, with some one in there. If you're curious, after you take your type and learn about it, um, that's what I am. And uh, and yeah, so it tells you about. You know, honestly, like it, it, it spells out to you, like, what are your biggest fears? Like, what would you be at your best? What, what could you be at your worst? You know, and it's like, OK, like and, and then you can you, you can also find the careers and stuff that are good for you, too. And it's just a really good, like understanding yourself more deeply. 
thing. And then also understand the differences between you and others, which I think is a very valid thing. Sometimes people think that they're right. And like, I think if you're like, oh, I'm right. And it's like, well, haven't really understood the diversity in how things are and others and how little you really know. <laughs> you know, I love that. I love that. And um, I, I want to be at that school. What book or books had the biggest impact on your life? Let's see. I'll look at this. I've got a little shelf here. I do a lot of audio. Um, yeah, what's had the biggest impact? You know, probably like Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins would be like an early one. Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss is another favorite. Um, some other ones just like a big impact. I really like Principles by Ray Dalio. I thought that was a really good like foundational book. Um, relationships wise, The Way of the Superior Man is awesome. Um, if you want to get into fiction, uh, I love the Last Kingdom series. It's probably my favorite, my favorite series of fiction. Um, yeah. nice. There's a lot there. And, you, and you've already mentioned Traction and Who Not How by Dan Sullivan, although you, that's not a book, right? That's um, something. Well, it's a video. It, it is a book, man, but I was trying to get people to buy it just now. And it doesn't look like it's for sale. I think you have to join Strategic Coach. So I have the book, but there's a podcast that you can check out that will outline it to a degree. Uh, so you can grasp the principle and use it. Nice. What does the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day look like? And at what time do you typically wake up? It varies a little and I'd like it the very last. Um, I mean, I wake up between like seven and eight 30 is when I wake up really. Um, first thing I do is I get out of bed. Um, and again, like I, I, I play things more free flowing to be honest. Like I like to know, like I used to be super rigid and like my temperament naturally is to like, I was looking at some journals from when I was like 19 and I literally would plan every 15 minute increment of my day is how I would organize my day. It's hilarious reading it. And it looks like misery <laughs> when I was putting myself through. Um, and now it's like, again, I like to really listen. Like, what do I really need? Um, and, you know, I wake up and I, I, I always eat breakfast and have tea and have my supplements because that's going to regulate my mood, you know? Um, it's good to, if you're cooking and stuff to do a bit of a mindfulness practice while you're cooking and just tune into the sensations of your fingers and your feet on the floor. And it's almost like a, yo a yogic practice. And so I like to do that too. Just kind of ground myself. Um, so it's like meditation, but it's almost like multitasking meditation. <laughs> so it's nice. Uh, you know, to sit still for 10 minutes. Um, although I do, I do meditate, uh, just mix it up. Um, and then from there, like, you know, for example, today, uh, I wanted to work out. So I worked out, but some days I'll start tackling a business problem and some days I'll play video games, <laughs> you know, like depending on what I need. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Have you got any advice for your previous boss or bosses in general? Yeah. I mean, it's all about matching people up with what, like, first of all, you got to understand their goals too. It's like, what does this person really want? What does they need? What do they burn for? Like, what would be an outcome for them that would lead them to success for personally and like help them reach that while also finding a way for yourself? Cause like win-win is actually like kind of missed that in this podcast, but a very foundational thing for me. And maybe one of my best superpowers is figuring out what would be a win for someone else and myself, and then finding a way to get an outcome that would achieve both. Um, so the, uh, yeah. So what does this person need? What are their goals? And then like, where should they really be? You know, and I've just been in so many, every job I've ever had, like utilized me in a way. It's just like, was a radical underutilization. I don't mean that like, in a, I got like, I don't mean that in a shit, like a, 
I don't want to be egotistical about that, but like, you know, I'd either be spinning content or I'd be like sitting still, like waiting for inbound people when like the truth is like I was capable of building out an entire sales funnel, but just nobody really like kind of, kind of pushed me to do that, even though I had the temperament. And if maybe you had started to understand what kind of person I was, and if you had gone through all the personality typing systems, you would have been able to tell maybe could have put, put me in that direction when I was young and ready for molding, but you know, it took a bit longer and that's fine. But yeah, so understand who you're who you're working with, and then understand what you can have them do. Simple and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go, or what do you do to get inspired? Um. So I would say my like people inspire me most. Like when I'm with individuals doing things that are really awesome, that inspires me a lot. I also get inspired by the coaching I have with my coaches. They they help me see things, see the world more clearly. Um. Uh. I love reading too. And I also love podcasts. Uh, conferences are amazing to get inspired to. So, yeah. If I gave you $5,000, how would you double it in 24 hours? How would I double it in 24 hours? Um, I mean, if I, if personally I was going to double it, right? Like I would probably spend it on like consulting ads. Uh, but like, I don't think the goal should be to double your money in 24 hours. And that's really a foolish attempt i could because i could invest five thousand in a new business right and i bet i could you know 100x that uh and if i but if i'd have this delayed verification right you gotta not eat that marshmallow (laughs) so um yeah you know i could i could spend it on consulting ads but like that's ultimately not going to scale the same way nor do i want to do it (laughs) so yeah so the answer to my question is invent a new question and do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Delay your gratification longer than 24 hours. Nothing, nothing good happens. Yeah, don't eat that marshmallow so quickly, dick, is your answer. That's, <laughs> that's right. <Cool. laughs> what, <laughs> what, what's the best advice ever given to you? Uh, probably the Brian Yangism, which is uh, if you're not, um, like, and this is like, especially as an, early, an earlier entrepreneur, this was a big one for me was use your limited motivation to get around others that will inspire you or kick your ass into taking action. That was a really good one. Use your limit. Say that again. Use your limited motivation. So like, suppose you're starting out, right? Like is the, the reality is a whole bunch of people out there that don't have momentum yet, right? They don't have momentum. They want to make a business. They talk about it. This whole entrepreneur thing, everyone makes fun of them. But the reality is they're at a place, right? Where they, they, they're not, a rolling stone yet and they're growing moss because they're they're rolling so slowly you know um they don't have the momentum yet so what you need to do is you need to get that momentum by being around others so use your limited motivation to get around others that will inspire you or kick your ass into taking action like that so other people that can help your rock roll faster either through niceness or kicking your assness yeah yeah whatever you'll respond to yeah, get around, get around some killers. Use your energy okay. for that. What silly things should people do more of? Uh, freestyle rap. Freestyle rap. Is this something <laughs> you do a lot, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm an okay freestyle rapper. You gonna spit some bars for us right now? Oh man, you know I have final edit, right? So yeah, dude, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take the track. Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Um, Martin, what do you want me to rap about? Um. I don't know. Uh, what what the, the the forest outside your window, the Vancouver forest. All right. Okay, I gotta get a beat. All right, let's do let's do let's do this. Let's see how this goes. 
Okay, I gotta find a good beat. Hey, if I play a beat on my phone, is that gonna be okay? Audio-wise? Uh, uh, to be fair, this is uncharted territory for the the podcast. I've not done this before, so... Whatever. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, if it yeah. works yeah. out, we'll work it in. And if not, yeah, I like yeah. it. Okay, alright, let's do it. So I'm gonna rap about the forest. <laughs> or anything else, if you want. Yeah, yeah. The forest and, and this podcast, and the entrepreneurship. Mm. I got the ability for tranquility and yes got the will with me because it is my superpower force in the force of course in there stillness is the key right before me I really want to find another tree to hug yeah because gratitude is my drug I'm a goofy lug but I got love from Martin man full of sin talking dead about dicks now and then to Ben. Love it. Uh-huh. Take action. And then well, fix it and dub it. Cool, man. So that's my freestyle. <laughs> I did a little freestyle there. God damn, you went and proved everything to everyone. Like, so silly thing. Freestyle rap, and then boom, you just sp- <laughs> spitted some bars. I'm too yeah, old. Man. <clears throat> I love that, man. That was yeah, amazing. Well, I'm pretty white, man. Like, it's, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you are but pretty white. You, know, you are pretty white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you crushed it. I'm going to call you Eminem. I'm assuming that I, only because I don't know the other white guys that can do that. Or Macklemore. That's like the two. Well, thank you. Mm. Um, cool. <laughs> I love that. Right. <laughs> I, I suppose we should go to the next question. Um, would you rather fight? I, I'm still in my head. I'm still like applauding you. I think that's that's what's distracting me. So, um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> would you rather fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? Dude, I was thinking about this before. This is the one I was actually ruminating on, knowing me. <laughs> it's just fantasize about fighting shit for an hour you before saw the, the sword behind you, and you're like, mm. yeah, yeah, just like there, swinging around while I'm on calls if they're not video. Um, so the uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, okay. So it depends. So can I can I prepare for this? Like, do is it like today this second, or is it like can I prepare? Um. If if you if the if the prepared answer is more interesting, we'll do the prepared one. So yeah, you All can right, well, prepare. You know that there's going to be an invasion coming. Yeah. All right. Well, here's what I was thinking. So, so I had to fight uh, like uh, one duck-sized horse, especially if I don't get any like deadly weapons. Um, I mean, if I had deadly weapons, then you probably just want to kill a duck-sized horse, right? But if I don't, um, you know, I don't get a sword or a gun or machete or whatever, then. What bread. you're gonna want bread, I reckon. Just a big loaf of bread could be pretty deadly. Yeah, po- too. poison bread. Yeah, it'd be very poison bread. Yeah. You could avoid it. Um, but uh, the thing about it is, okay, so got a hundred. So I was thinking, if you just got your cardio pretty good, right? Then if you could just like, even if you use like household random items, if you just like put like duct tape, you wrap duct tape or even wear like big boots, um, like a horse, like a duck sized horse, it's not really gonna be able to do any damage like above the knee, um, as long as your cardio doesn't give out. So you could just stomp them all day as long as you have the cardio <laughs> to do it. So I was thinking a hundred duck sized horses would be better. Uh, especially if I had time to prepare my cardio and I got to wear like knee-high boots or something. I love that you prepared so well for that. And that, that that's definitely up there with my my favorite answers for that for that thing. So as long as my cardio is there, I'll just stop the ducks all day. Love that, dude. I'm a, like I love mixed martial arts, man. I was thinking about strategizing how I can fight various things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but don't do it. Don't fight people. It's not good. Um, no, don't do it. Just know that you can. Yeah, exactly. How would you convince someone to do something good they didn't want to do? Uh, hmm. That dep- 
depends what it is. So let's let's do an example. So if someone is going to eat junk food, well, I would try to get them. I would try to get them to tune into themselves, right? Like, and it depends if they can get it. But you'd have to ask them questions, right? Like, okay, well, what are your goals really right now? You know, what do you, what's really important to you? Why is that important to you? And then you can get them to convince themselves by understanding what they deeply want. And the truth is, is if you you know, like maybe you think they shouldn't eat chocolate, right? So you're trying to get them not to eat chocolate. But the reality is maybe they really need that piece of chocolate right now, you know? And maybe, so good is so subjective, right? Like good is that I think something is good. It's like, a, it's a personal lens thing, right? So if I was trying to convince someone, yeah, I'd get them to tune to themselves and then they can sort out what's good and bad for them. Um, and that, that's that's what, how I do it. Nice. And then final question, Ben, and you, you've been amazing, genuinely. I've I had a lot of fun, but this is this is probably the most important question in the entire list. So I've got to pause for effect. Sure. You spoiled my pause. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Last question, Ben. What makes you happiest? What makes me happiest? Um, yeah, just doing, doing what I really need to do in each moment. Does You know, like, it's always it's like a life of non-resistance. You know, if I want to build stuff, I build stuff. I want to sleep, I sleep. I want to eat, I eat. And I, and I do that. And if I want to contribute, I contribute. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just knowing who you are and doing that, you know, and, and not worrying about what other people think or, or even what you think you should do versus what you really want to do. That's what makes me happy. Ben, you've been absolutely wonderful. Uh, genuinely, I've laughed a lot. And, um, but at the same time, as I said, tingles twice, the, the wisdom and pearls that you've shared, the, the, the tactical and strategic advice, um, for your quite unique, um, business model, which is proven multiple times now. Um, it's been an absolute delight to hear all about it and, and thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. Martin, you've been a gracious and, and wonderful host. I really appreciate it. And yeah, you've been uh, able to talk to you. And I, I'm grateful that you've had me on and grateful for the opportunity uh, to speak and I'm grateful for everyone who's listening. Hey, Martin here again with an audio goodie bag of a bonus before you head off. First up, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please subscribe and follow Smarter Destiny across iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. It really helps spread our message, and you'll get valuable content along the way, too. Secondly, if you have an e-commerce business or are thinking of starting one, grab a copy of my new book, 1% Secret, recommended by Kevin Harrington and a host of other elite guys. Even better, it's free. Just help out with the shipping costs. So head to smarterdestiny.com forward slash book to grab your free copy. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode.